I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'll refrain from revisiting the Man City game despite the fact there's an air of inevitability about the fact that our run of post-win podcasts are soon to come to an end because this is Sunderland after all. Are we really now in a in a newly found positive mindset because of how the lads have played? This is three and four we've won now, remember. We are going to preview the Stoke game with Mark Holmes from Team Talk and our guests in the studio who are Gary Foster from the Shields Gazette. Thanks for stepping in, Gary. I know it was a bit short notice for you. No problem. And we have Michael Graham off our Rocker Report back for the third time, Michael. Aye, third time. Third time. All very well and good. So we're going to dive straight in to the Stoke game. Mark, I'm going to bring you straight in. Um, a lot like Sunderland, a sort of revamp was needed, a transition with Stoke. Everybody knows about the, the way Pulis had you playing. I think everybody everybody was expecting a change at the season. So can you just generalise that for us? Tell us how it's been, the transition's been, what it's been like this season? Um, difficult, I think, would be the one word that, that comes to mind. Um, away from home, I think it's been very positive. Stoke have shown more adventure on the road than they ever have done You know, in the five previous seasons in the Premier League. And all the, all the results haven't been that much better, barring a win at West Ham. Uh, I think there's been some positives to take, You know, pushing Manchester United very close at Old Trafford um, was certainly a highlight. But at home seem to have regressed even even on what we were producing last season under Tony Pulis um, which is, is some going because it was really poor in the second half of last season but there seems to be even less of an attacking threat than there ever was and unfortunately the, the defence doesn't look anywhere near as solid as it once was so they're massive massive problems but the odd come of comfort at the same time but we expected this we knew it was going to be difficult transforming a team that had you know, played for a certain way for so long so yeah, I think the fans are staying relatively patient, yeah. but that might change if uh, another defeat what's happens be, on Saturday. So what's been the, the significant changes then? Because obviously we know how Pulis like to play. You've, you've touched upon it there. You, you can't just rush into these things and the fans need to be patient and stuff. But what what would you say is the, the significant change that Mark Hughes has tried to make? It's an interesting one. I don't think Hughes is 100% finalise how he wants the team to play because before he, before the ball was kicked he, he seemed to be surprised by the quality he had he, he kept on saying that the players could do things that perhaps he didn't think you know they were able to do when he took the job but I think he perhaps overestimated the quality because some of the things that he tried to get them doing in the early game in terms of dominating possession um, it didn't really happen for us I mean the only win we've had to date at the Britannia this season was against Crystal Palace and for the first half of that, you know, Stoke were in trouble. They were 1-0 down. So they haven't been able to dominate games, which um, is obviously a big problem when that's your, your ethos. You're looking to, to keep the ball. So what Stoke have tended to do at home is actually go a little bit more direct, a little bit closer to the Tony Pulis style of football. Unfortunately, they're perhaps not doing that quite as well as they once were either, um, not particularly using orthodox wingers. Um, which obviously players like Kenwin Jones, as you know, you know, need that sort of service. So it's a it's a miss between two styles at the moment. I'd say the court between two stools. Um, from the Sunderland perspective, I don't think you'll you'll come away from the game saying that is a massively different Stoke side because, as I say, at, at home I think the similarities there for all to see. Mm-hmm. Um, away from home it's very different, but on Saturday I don't expect us to do anything too different to what you've seen in the previous five trips to the Britannia. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you mentioned that you're making the transition slowly. Sunderland, on the other hand, tried to do things very quickly to Canio, try to gut the whole thing out. And we obviously got off to a disastrous start where we were looking as if we were going to be cut adrift at the bottom. 
Yet speaking now, looking at the league table, there's only three points between the sides, so you're just crawling along. Is that something that concerns you? It's a massive concern. Um, if you had to ask me honestly, you know, to name my three relegation teams at this moment in time, I'd have more faith in Sunderland staying up than I would Stoke, purely because you've got that lift, you've got that momentum now with three wins in the last four, as you mentioned. Stoke just haven't got that. They've picked up points here and there, uh, most of them in the early part of the season. And at the moment, it is difficult to see where the wins are coming from, mm. purely because, as I mentioned, the home form is pretty poor. And obviously, it's so difficult to get points away from home, even when you're playing well, which we found out to a cost this season. So unless Hughes can stumble on a formation and a, and a formula at home, you know, then we're going to be in trouble because that's what's kept us up for these past five seasons, some excellent home form. And at the moment, that doesn't seem forthcoming. So, yeah, I'm extremely worried. That's interesting, Michael, then, because we, we've spoken on the podcast in the last couple of weeks about how Sunderland, the Sunderland players will prepare you know, when the onus is on them to attack rather than against Manchester City where you expect the team to sort of give you a bit of an onslaught, so to speak. Now, I was going to ask you anyway, what, what, you lads, what you thought about going, because we're going away from home, you would expect the home side to come at you, so the tactics might be similar and you wouldn't necessarily expect the likes of Larson to have to pull these attack and performance out of the bag. But if what Mark's saying there, Stoke are really struggling at home, this is a game actually then you could see that Sunderland should really be going to grab the initiative with. Well, I think that you you uh, you uh, look at Stoke and they seem to be a team that you can really like uh, get high on if if you know they the don't have that forwards who's going to really uh, like um, uh, run past people. They don't have the like the you know uh, uh, really in the past they've had these like uh, like like guys out wide who hug the line and get around the side. They don't seem to have to really have that now either. I think that you can get really, really high on them and try and pin them in their own half a bit. Mm-hmm. This is a game, Gary, you, you you would have thought normally you would see it go to Stoke, expect traditionally in past seasons gone by that it would be back against the wall, but it's from our viewpoint, it's encouraging the way Mark's speaking there, isn't it? Well, it is, but uh, I think you've got to take into account uh, go, looking back uh, the whole game. <laughs> I mm. think we all expect to go there uh, and take the game to them more than we actually did. So while... Stoke might be struggling, you know. Sunderland aren't out the woods by any uh, mm-hmm. chalk yet. Oh so, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's it's going to be a difficult game for both sides, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. The one difference there, Gareth, I suppose, is that against Hull, he kind of not, not tried to replicate the Newcastle setup identically, but it was quite similar. We feel that this new the new formation he's playing now against Man City, against Southampton, you feel that's here to stay now, don't you? Mm. You you definitely get a sense that what we saw in the last two games is what we're going to see from now on um, and it's interesting that you brought up the point about pressing them high in their half because I don't think it doesn't look like we are a pressing team you, mm. like a high pressing team it seems as though we like to have the ball across the back and, and create the options that way so mm. it'll be interesting if he does see that as a weakness if he does decide he's going to maybe be a bit more um, on the front of, foot, on the higher, front up foot the field, higher up yeah. the field yeah. well, Mark from a Stoke perspective um, what's your pressing like? Because I remember, I remember particularly at Blackburn, um, Mark Hughes liked his teams to press from the front. Now, the way Sunderland are playing now, um, Key is quite instrumental in that. Where he comes, gets deep, gets the ball from the keeper. Now, I would imagine a lot of teams are going to target him to press him quite high up the field. Is that something you could see happening? Um, well, you're right. You do associate that with Mark Hughes' teams, but I haven't really seen it to a great extent this season. And uh, Mark Bowen, the assistant, has actually said in the last week or two that, that it's something Stoke need to do more. He admits that we haven't seen enough of that. In the first half an hour against Southampton, they, they did do that and had some success doing that. But fitness seems to be a little bit of an issue for the team at the moment. They certainly don't look as fit and, and up for it as they were under Pulis. Um, but you mentioned, you know, the possibility of Sunderland maybe going a little bit more attacking than he previously would have done in, in this game. I would actually say that the best thing for Sunderland to do would be to stifle Stoke, because I mentioned at home. The reason being is because teams have sat back, and it's all you know, well and good passing the ball about. But if teams have got men behind the ball and you haven't really got a player that can can beat a man in the final third, which Stoke haven't then you become very easy to defend against. So I would imagine that that would be Gus Poyer's you know, primary concern to keep Stoke out. And if you get men behind the ball, 
I'm afraid to say it looks quite easy to do. Mm. Gary, I don't know if Mark's luring us into a sense false of security here, but <laughs> it's, um, it's pretty much sounding, you know, perfect to how Gus Poyet sets his team up, like you would want your opposition to set up. If Mark's saying they are going to struggle by us sitting deep and just keeping the football, because that's what Gus does, doesn't he? Yeah, at the same time, somebody's going to have to take the initiative, you know. It's all, all very well both trying to cancel each other out, but sooner or later somebody's going to have to tie it try and take the game by the scruff of the neck if they want to get something out of it so it it, it does sound lovely the way Mark's talking about it you know <laughs> it sounds like we're going to go there and everything's going to be great and all that but I'm sure as all of us uh, haven't watched Sunderland over the years uh, for far too many years in my case uh, mm. it rarely works out that Two way Two players sent off in the first half yeah, yeah. Um, Michael um, it's going to be the same team isn't it I think same 11 I well, think that it has to be yeah. because Gus because Gus he, you would think that that would be the logical thing to think, but he does always hint that he's going to change his side. But we've we've seen before, prior to the Newcastle game, how he kind of led the the press away into thinking that Key was going to play, and he didn't. So you know he does know how to work with media. So yeah. I'll be I'll be surprised if he didn't if he didn't keep the same time. I don't think that there's like any reason at all to actually change it, is there? No, no. I don't think it is. But the, the thing you've got to remember as well, Mark was sort of making the point that uh, Mark Hughes hasn't really got his finger on what he's best side is maybe some, what's the best way to play yet and you've got to remember that Gus has had far less time than uh, than Mark Hughes has mm. so I guess he's still looking at different options even though that sort of served him well in the last couple of games I guess he's still got to keep his options open and, 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 and look at everything before uh, finalising which way he's going to play and, and which side he's got to play and like you see yeah he probably does lead the media down the wrong track once or twice but I mean most of, the, most of the best managers do, unfortunately, apart from for us. Can, apart from De Canio, just tells you pretty much everything, <laughs> everything what's in his, he- in his head, doesn't he? Um, Mark, when you're saying that you're worried, you're concerned about the way the sides might come and just sit and continue and keep the ball, um, was that, is that generally or is that with Sunderland in mind? Have you seen a lot of Sunderland? Are you concerned about the way the transformation that we've uh, had well, under Gus? Generally speaking, it's generally speaking, but yeah, I have seen Sunderland under Poye, and it's clear that you know the emphasis on, on keeping the ball is a lot more than it was under um, under Paolo. And um, you mentioned Key, and, and I've been extremely impressed with him. You know, when he was at Swansea and now at Sunderland, he can dictate to midfield. And I'm, I'd like to think that Stoke have got players that can do that as well in in Stephen and Zonzi. But but you know, if Sunderland go with the three in midfield, then. I would have to say you've, you've probably got about three options than we have overall. So, um, yeah, I'm not finding too many reasons to be positive. I'm sure <laughs> you made Mark, I've got to say. <laughs> but, um, Gareth, it's going to... with We've talked about Poyet sort of flickering between, you know, t- being prag- pragmatism and all that stuff with the four four two and that, and we just said we are going to... We'll see this same, but it's kind of made up without Catamol being there, doesn't it? That you can't see anything from our midfield that's going to change at all. No, I think again with on the subject of Key, um, you know he's he's so instrumental in there. There's not really anybody else who can do sort of the thing he does. You know, even if Catamol was back, I mean, he's not going to sit in there and go and get the ball off the back four. I mean, I think Catamol's got on the ball, but I don't I don't think he's that's his game. So, um, you know, I think he'll definitely. Midfield wise, I think we'll see the the same the same people in there. Um, you know, I mean, Catamol will come back in, and you know, I, I just he'll come back in the squad when he's when he's back from suspension. Mm. But will he? You know, he's whose place would he take you in that in that three? Moment, you? It certainly wouldn't be the deepest, and it wouldn't be wouldn't key. Be deepest, it would be no. you know possibly Larson, but I don't know. I, I can't see. Speaking about Larson, Gary. We speak a lot about Seb Larson on here, and I've just touched upon the on the point earlier on that against Manchester City when he had to do the defensive play and get up and down, it was probably his best game in in red and white last week. These are the games now where we start. We, the fans are starting to want a little bit more from him now, aren't we? Certainly going forward as well. Yeah. Show, show us what you've got. Dist- distinguish yourself from the rest of those midfielders who all seem to be in and out the team. Yeah, I, I probably did. Seb a little bit of a disservice recently because I uh, described him as a, 
as a championship player. But uh, yeah, he did have I've, a great. I've done that. I've done worse. Yeah, <laughs> he, he had a great game against City, so I'll take me hat after him for that. But you know, he he looks better in the formation that they're playing at the moment. But in the past, he's been far too lightweight and and not offering enough to the team as a whole. So. Um, we wait and see which Seb turns out each week, uh, just as we wait and see which someone turns mm, out week, each week. I guess the million dollar question, isn't it? But Mark, I know you get a need, and you need to get away. Um, <laughs> I think we might like this. The answer you're going to give us here, but can you give us a prediction for the weekend? Um, I've got a heart prediction and a head prediction. Yeah, we'll we'll have and both, and we'll take your head one as the one here. <laughs> 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 well, my heart says we'll scrape a scrappy one nil win. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's the best I can come up with. <laughs> um, my head, I think it will be nil nil. I really right. do. Oh, I was I expecting, the two I was expecting will, something will better. Through. Okay, that would be a little bit progress for us still, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, thanks for your time, Mark. Enjoy your night. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Okay, right. Cheers. It's a pity we couldn't have got more out of Mark there, but he did. He did make it clear that he had to be off, and he's a, he's a good guest, so we were prepared to take the fifteen minutes rather than get somebody else on for half an hour. Michael, <laughs> we, we've just mentioned that the. The team, the formation systems will probably be the same, but it could change personnel if we're, if we're, if we're thinking that the midfield is going to be the same. What about up front? Because Altidore and Fletcher offer very different things, mm. and that is a viable option to change that at any given time, isn't it? Well, it is. Um, I, th- I, I think at the minute it's working fairly well, whereas we start... A really, uh, 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 we uh, like start with their Fletcher, and then we we fetch on the uh, sort of like bigger, stronger, a faster man when um, when uh, when legs mm. are starting to get uh, uh, really really knackered and everything. So, I think I think at the minute that's the way to go, especially um, when we aren't like at home. I think mm. that it's it's even more like uh, uh, we, we need to do it like even more then. But I mean, personally, I don't see why we can't use them both. You know, we did against the Mags, uh, and that was still a kind of a four-three-three. Um, so I, I don't see why we can't use them like both. It's an interesting one, guy, because we we discussed before Poyet um, started implementing this system in the side, and we we said then one popular theory was that Altador would be the one who would who would do the the hard work first. And almost bring Fletcher on when there's tired legs to stretch them, finish any chance it might get his way. But as Michael has just said, there, Poy, out of anything, seems to have just flipped that round, doesn't he? Yeah, I think Poy knows at the minute that Sunderland need goals and 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 need them early on, really, because that's where the confidence is coming from. I think when when they're getting on top of teams and, and, and nicking a goal here and there, it, it's that's giving them the confidence to play a bit more. And Fletcher gives you goals, you know more. We obviously haven't seen any, anything from Altidore really in that department mm. yet, but you know Fletcher does give you a genuine goal threat at Premier League level. We know that he does, so I'm guessing that's why Fletcher's first choice. And in the Stoke game, you know Altidore's been used more more or less as a big battering ram. Well, you look, you've only got to look at the the Stoke defence to know they can probably handle that. You know what I mean? It, that that was the bre- their bread and butter. That was mm. the way Pulis had them playing and. I think Mark said it earlier on that you know Hughes probably hasn't changed that too much at home, so maybe it is ideal. You know, like Michael said, you know, get uh, mm-hmm. Fletcher on early doors, uh, and when they when they are tiring, then hit them well at all. Mm, would you find a place in both car if you're happy with the system, or do you still want your Christmas tree formation to be played, or what? <laughs> you haven't mentioned it for a while. Is that because we're winning now? So. <laughs> no, I think we'd win more games with the Christmas tree formation, especially if we're heading into December now, so <laughs> in, in season. Um, yeah, it's a funny one with Fletcher because I, I do really like Fletcher, um, but I do I, th- I expect more from him to be honest, and I see sometimes. Um, I, I I know. If he can score when he wants, it'll be a good time to start being greedy, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's got two this season, so and he's been injured and stuff like that. And he, he I mean, he's he's had quite a few injury problems since he's been at Sunderland. Um, mm. But I think he's a, a better player than he shows sometimes. Mm. And I just I'd like to see a bit more from him. And I mean, Alador gets a lot of criticism from some quarters for not getting the goals, which is you know warranted. Um, I, I think Alador is you know does. A, a very good job for the team and he's the only one really we've got in that position who can do what he's capable of and I think he's been 
pretty decent, even though he hasn't got those goals. Um, but yeah, I think you know we we could say that about a lot of our players that haven't have they've got the quality that they haven't shown. And I think Fletcher, to be fair, was probably one who has at times. Mm. But sometimes I watch him, I just think I just like against Man City, I just thought like Dima Kalis. I was just thinking like just get in like get get on him, just get tight into him. And you know you just got to show a little bit more, a bit more fight against those centre halves. I, I think Fletcher's Fletcher's got two problems on that front. I don't, I don't think he's ideally suited to playing as a lone striker. I don't think it's, it's something that it suits him well to his game. I think he, he he works better in a two to play off people up front and what have you. But also, I honestly, I, I know people see, might think it's a bit of an excuse about the injuries and all that. He hasn't had a full pre-season. He's, he's, he's not. He's not it? up. To, yeah. He's not up to full speed. And I think we, we all saw, you know, the previous season that he's not one of these forwards that doesn't graft. You know what no, I mean? No. He really last season he really worked his socks off for the team. And <laughs> and I really think that once he does get up to that match fitness, mm. you know, fingers crossed, touch wood, whatever, that he doesn't pick up any more injuries, then we see the best out of him. I mean, the point I was making about Altidore was. I know what you're saying about what he gives the team and, and what he brings, and that's fair enough. Um, he hasn't got the goals yet, but I think Paul Year has been keen to stress the point that that's because we haven't been playing to his strengths maybe enough. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't <coughs> having to go at the large oh, no, 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 goals, that, but no. but uh, I think if someone can get their noses in front on uh, at the weekend, you know, mm. it'll give someone a real if. But it won't off knock Stokes plugs in, you know. We've just heard marks here there that they're not in the best of. He uh, sounded like he was know. a rock bottom. <laughs> we sounded like a Sunderland fan. If you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think that what he needs is he needs service like into his feet, mm. very very tight into his feet. He isn't going to go up one on one against a big centre halves mm-hmm. against the, you know, against uh, a people like Cooth, um, and 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 then uh, 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 with like Josie Altador, he will he'll. Go up mm. like like in in in, in he, he he won't actually actually need good service into his feet. He'll fight for for like real scraps. Yeah. And, so and, and with that on that point, you know it's time. We've said this probably many times when we've been on here, but it's time for it's time for you know Adam Johnson. I mean, that's his job. That's what he's there for. That's what we paid a hell of a lot of money for. He's got to hit the strikers for. He's got to get the ball into where Fletcher can take one touch and just hit it. It's and if he does that, I see Fletcher score more times. Mm. I'm not having that at all. I think that he's been fine. I think I think that he makes something happen every single he, game. He, you know, he whether it's you know couldn't put yeah. it for me. Couldn't put a cross on a pool's cool Well, he, at times. He, I mean, he doesn't always your, have to. Beating your man's great, but if you if you can't put the ball where you need to, yeah, I mean, but he doesn't always have to do it. From wide, he can do it. You know, but he's not doing it when he, he is. He's, he's, he's like making something happen every game. If you look at the uh, uh, sort of like stats, there's only about six people who yeah, have no, made more he, opportunities. Yeah, but he was bloody hopeless last season. He tried out the stats. It, you no, can get what you, you can see. What you want. But he does something every single game. We don't have many of those. No, you know, does, if, does if, if you con- when if, he feels like if it. you compare it to you know some like uh, uh, like a really Seb Larson. He, you know, we want him to do something every game, whereas this guy does do it every game. Yeah. You know, he, he, he may not do it for, for the like whole it game. Bring, it, but it brings it brings it back to me that it, it on that point about sometimes the players who get the most criticism um, are the ones who do something but don't do enough of what you expect them to. do So like I think Sessegnon's one if there's a prime example of somebody who was a very good player but because he didn't hit the straps all the time, um, you know. He got he got the criticism, but you know he's far better than a lot of the options we've got. Mm. I'd sort, I'm sort of in between the pair yeah. of you on Johnson, well, yeah. honestly. Well, for, well yeah. for me, we bought Johnson as, a, as an England international winger, and the way Martin O'Neill wanted to play was to get the ball into the centre forward. He doesn't do that enough. That's what he was bought for. Yeah, but that that's the way we play. But that isn't his fault, is it? If no. like he was actually bought for something that that that, he, that, he, that isn't really like his game mm. then it's not really his fault he's got to be judged on his game yeah, but I think surely as a winger you should be able to cross a ball I think, well, but he's these days not not really I don't think that like a, a wide player I think need what Gareth just touched on the point there and I think my opinion would be that the truth is in the middle of those two arguments somewhere that if he isn't receiving the ball enough in a dangerous enough position sometimes that's the guys behind him mm. I'd agree uh, with but that. I, I can also say Gary's point that sometimes a final ball 
does let you down for a player you pay a lot of money for and it is in England international so we'll move away from that and but say that's the truth in the middle. He does, he does create, he does. He does create well, chances. Flipping away from Johnson and we're talking about Fletcher then. Getting the chances, that's where this stemmed from. What about Jack Arini? Because Nick Barnes was on a couple of weeks ago and he said he reminded him of Steve Malbronk in that he he just didn't do it away from home. He'd done it at home. Is he likely to start tomorrow again? He's only started once on the point, remember? Mm. I mean, I would... It, obviously over a short space of time I would level the same sort of accusation sorry about going over all ground I'd level the same sort of accusation as Jack Arini. you know they're playing in a system they're being asked to do a job and they're not doing it mm. not enough anyways not not enough interesting Jack Arini tomorrow Gareth would they out Saturday tomorrow Saturday? Um, I think you'd definitely have him in because he's really? one of our best players mm-hmm. like that, that's only starting once though but you know He's away uh, from home, would he not be inclined to sort of maybe just tighten it up a little bit? I'm not, uh, well, I don't really believe he in He hasn't that. really got a great deal of options. Mm, has he? Like, no, like, I mean, as Gareth says, he is one of that's the annoying thing with Johnson and, and, and Jack Reed. They are among our best players, and and you you look at them and you think you've got so much talent, why is it not you know happening more often? But to be to be fair to Jack Reed, when, when he was played centrally, is sort of off the front as a sort of central attacking player mm-hmm. you know he was all, you know he's brilliant yeah. um, and then he's been shifted wide again to do a job now he's played there for Italy but I just don't expect s- to be narrower than maybe Saturday. I just don't he see him I just don't see him there but you've got to you've got to find somewhere you've got to find somewhere to play him because mm. he's you know, you can't have a player like at Sunderland. You can't have a player of that quality in your eighteen and, and not, not have him yeah. playing. Well, yeah, and, and I, I would say the same. Probably true for when we had Sessegnon and, and, and probably yeah. when we had Malbrank. I don't think we got the yeah. best out of either of those two. And whether you want to put that down to them not performing week in week out, or the fact that they were played, you know, played all over in different sets of positions and, and never sort of really settled in one. I mean, that certainly can't have helped. You look at someone like Malbrank. He'd get in now. Well, he'd get yeah. in. He'd <laughs> still, still one. Uh, I mean, I'm good friends with Barnsley, but I've got to disagree with him there. He's I still one of the finest that. players yeah. I've seen in the red and white shirt, mm, and I've been watching yeah. them since I was four year old. That's mm. a long time. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we, God, the Cessignon thing. Don't get me started on Bruce getting rid of that. <laughs> um, on on um, sorry, on Malbronk and Cessignon. Yeah. Really, don't get me started on that. Shall but rings ending up as well. Is, is, <laughs> is there, yeah, is there, is there a we're talking about getting the best out of Johnson, Jack Arena and Gareth. Is there, is there a point, an argument then, that that's going to be the most difficult thing Poyet's got to to find as well? He's got to find the right system. He's already mentioned it himself because he comes in now and he's got us playing in a set where thus far we haven't probably seen them play a predominant role. He's got to find a way of doing that without breaking away from his own ideologies, mm. if you know what I mean. Well, that, that is the conundrum, isn't it? And I think if you take Jack Arena as a case study... There's somebody really in in Poyet's system, this four one four one or four three three, whatever you want to call it. Um They're all the same. He, really, he yeah. you know, he can't you can only see him in that wide left or wide right in that system, but where where <coughs> could you could you Put him in in the middle. You could do. I mean, he always has done in the past. He has played in a. In a I think it was a, a five-three-two when he played one of the um, the middle three. Um, so he, he always has done in the past. Whether he can do it at this level and at this speed, I don't know. I'd like I'd like to see him given a go as one of those mid three midfielders in the middle mm. instead mm. of. So you've got Key, who's the you know, your lad who passes it mm. from the back and then. Who, who did we have? I've forgotten all these midfielders. They change every callback and Larson. Larson. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So you, I guess you could. Could Jack Arini do what, what Larson does? I'd say so. I've Absolutely. Been, yeah. I've yeah. been saying that for a while. You, but then, who have we got to go out wide? That's I think it's, Jack Arini has been sacrificed because we haven't got anybody to go out wide, hasn't he? Really, technically. Well, what about Mavrias? I would, I've, I've I never mean, seen I'm, enough of the kid to say I'm yes just, or no, but mm. obviously, Poy isn't. Barini a bit narrower, but at Hull he was pretty. He was pretty anonymous doing yeah. that. Role, I, I don't he? think. You know, again, you know, Barini sort of maybe sitting in. He the wants to be up front of the pair, doesn't he? Yeah. He's not. Yeah. Out wide might work once yeah. in a blue moon. It's 
week in week out, it's not the solution. Or you could sh- you could you know put Johnson to the put Johnson to the left, Larson to the right, or vice versa, and then put Jack Rini in the middle. Mm. You certainly got options there, and that that's the interesting thing, though, isn't it, Michael? That we, the, it's the first time you feel like a manager has managed to work the squad almost because we're talking about all of a sudden all these midfielders that's been problem that have been problematic in the past. You know how do you who you're supposed to play in a in a in a four four two regimented four four two? It's a problem now. We're starting to look and see it because of the way he sets his team up. We could play him here, him here, him here. Well, it just I, makes the whole <clears throat> difference, doesn't it? I just find that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A really, a, a really weird in the fact that this squad was built for 442 and it just doesn't fit 442 at all. It was, it was, it was just built so bloody badly mm-hmm. that, you know, it just, that it would not work in a 442 yet mm-hmm. with the four three three, mm-hmm. it suddenly so actually works because we, yeah. what we don't really have is legs and we don't have a lot of pace and a lot of speed. Uh, so we need to use the ball. We need to um, make the ball do uh, do the work, and, and and you know that's what we're now actually uh, really like uh, really want to actually do, and it's working. I might I might be going over all ground here, but is anybody still scratching their heads about Cabral? <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> we're just forgetting about him. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, mean, that is, I think that is all ground now. <laughs> we've, uh, we've dedicated a lot of time. I just think, just especially with still coming up, you know, that uh, Mark was on the phone sort of mentioned, and Zonzi, who's sort of, you know, your typical um, box to box, you know, um, stop other people from playing and all that. And, and obviously, that was. That was exactly what we brought. Uh, I think that's exactly what we brought mm. Cabral for. Well, all that he can really do is sit mm. in the midfield the and, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 in, in, in the and yeah. like in this in this four three three whatever he can't actually do that because the guy who sits has to pass mm. and he can't do both. Yeah. What what like he wants to do is, is basically sit in front and and do the whole thing with, with the like shield, and I just don't see how he's going to get in. He's probably the closest thing you. I would think out of all the midfielders we've got, he's probably the closest one you could swap with Key. I, I would. Don't do you not think Cabral? I don't think he's that kind of pass. No, I th- not for me. I think he, I know his shooting was way off, but he gives yeah, energy in the he middle. He gives you energy yeah. up and down. Yeah. Box. If yeah. you were, if you were looking for a box to box man, mm-hmm. I, I think he'd probably be yeah. ideal. But it, it, that probably doesn't fit into the three system that we're playing. But he's mm-hmm. never he's never played that that role. No. In his like, he's a defensive. He's a defensive. He's someone who wins it and gives it. Mm. He's a defensive midfield, not necessarily by winning through tackling. This is we spoke to Christian Hennage about him. Mm. He's somebody who pick nicks it up off the off the when it breaks. Yeah, which is which is why I was suggesting him along in Zonzi. He's gonna you know it is it, a hell of a lot of power in Zonzi, and with the best will in the world, Key might be able to do it. But you didn't and and, and call back to a certain extent, but. God, I wouldn't like to see him up against Larson. I mean, that kid couldn't fight his way out of wet paper bag at times. You know what I mean? I, I, I sometimes think we are a little bit harsh on Seb, but I, I do know what uh, what yeah. I mean. Even someone who Seb Seb Larson isn't someone who who, who fills you with much faith, is he? Mm. No, and, and to be fair to Seb, that's probably not his game to, mm. to, to, to get there and stop other people from playing. He's never done it before in his mm. career. The probably thing that lets Seb down is the fact that. It would probably be a decent right wing if he had pace, but he hasn't got the pace. <laughs> he's just mm. always it, it 
if he had a yard of pace, extra yard of pace, yeah. he would be a much, much better player. But if he had an extra yard of pace, I'm guessing he Arsenal would, probably yeah, wouldn't yeah. have let him go. Yeah. So. That's always what it comes down to, isn't it? <laughs> when we're trying to find the consistency with Stefan Sessegnon and we're saying, well, look, would he be playing for Sunderland if he had that <laughs> yeah, consistency? Yeah. But that's we're going to go on to the question of the week now and then we're going to come back afterwards and just have a bit discussion we're in the middle now yeah break it down and we're going to come back and have a bit of discussion just about what's been in the in the papers this week about the the transfer policy at Sunderland because I I think we we haven't been over it for a while and it's fresh in in the media this week so we're going to I'm going to I'm particularly interested to see what people think about it so we'll be back now with the question of the week So the question of the week this week, um, there's no prize this week unfortunately, but there will be next week. So I'll um, we'll we'll talk about that at the end actually. Um, but uh, yeah, question of the week this week was inspired a bit by um, René Mullenstein's return to the game. I know he was linked heavily with the Sunderland manager's job, and we discussed it when he was was Bromby manager. He had a bit of an unusual approach to the game, and where he asked all of the players to say which animal <laughs> they were, and basically sort of their attributes and qualities related to those animals and stuff like that so we decided to ask you if there were any Sunderland players out there who you wanted to uh, attribute animal characteristics to and there were some good answers and there's a little bit of appropriate music I think as well so then I didn't leave the the answers uh, at the other side of the studio this week which was good two weeks in a row so then, uh, Timo said uh, he's, he's got a list actually. Fletcher's a fox in the box. Seb the dog, a pointer to be precise. Uh, Wes Brown, exotic, precious, endangered animal. Keith Robertson said uh, Barsley was a weasel. <laughs> um, Biff the Granger, tore under a floor, baby giraffe. I don't know if that's in luck or just in both, probably. performance. Yeah. Uh, James Pope, Phil Barsley is a lemming. So obviously suicidal, I think that's the thing. But they don't te- they're not technically suicidal. I'm not getting into the... I did look up about lemmings, if they are actually suicidal, but they're not. too much time with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently it's a, um, a migratory thing. Some, some of them die on the way. So there you go. <laughs> Fact of the day. Alex Lee. Um, Manone, a turtle, because my son reckons he looks like one, and that's good enough for me. So... Richard like James. He does. He, grew, he, he looks like a gangster isn't an animal. That's we another are fact. That's a, uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 right, uh, Richard James Purden with uh, Seb Larson would be a swan. He looks elegant and attractive, but give him half a yard and he'll break your arm. <laughs> so, <laughs> goes, ag- no, goes against goes against what we were talking about before. Uh, Dan Embleton, uh, Minule and Sessignon like childhood hamsters. A lot more disappointed that they're gone than you thought they would be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke Bowley um, can we have inksti- extinct animals because Craig Gardner is a Bantosaurus Rex <laughs> uh, John Ridley Wes Brown is like a panda we haven't got many so we do everything in our power to keep him going JLC Tush uh, Seb Larson the angry monkey from Family Guy always pointing at something and pulling a face um, <laughs> Matt Bate uh, Cabral is like a dodo there are those who that claim to have seen him and that he existed um, Tommy Boyd uh, Wes Brown and a bear Wes is big and bad as is a bear uh, he's been in hibernation for 22 months <laughs> and he's out now and uh, Nick Holden with the last one I quite like this one and this kind of ties in with you you Gary uh, Nick uh, it was uh, Adam Johnson he's a black cat Sunderland born capable of bursts of action but prefers just to laze around most of the time <laughs> so there you go that was the the list this week some do good ones f- in do there do we have any favourites on that out of that list Um. I quite which one was the one I quite like I like the monkey pointing the family guy monkey I did like the monkey pointing I like the Bantasaurus Rex as well I was was giggling myself at work today thinking about that actually the Bantasaurus Rex what are yours? Uh, I like the the monkey the the family guy monkey Seb Larson but what is yours? oh sorry mine (laughs) Um, well I had a couple one was Seb Larson would be the snake from Jungle Book because he hypnotises every manager into thinking he's any good and keeps playing <laughs> and the second one was what spider was it again Gareth I asked you can you can go off he's on this widow. one if you want a what sorry a false widow spider and that was George Altador because he looks big and scary but he doesn't he's not deadly 
Um, he's not really deadly. He doesn't score any goals, but it's a bit harsh on George. I feel to be fair, spiders don't look big. Well, they look scary, though, don't yeah, they? Don't trust spiders, right? No. I was trying to think of a shark, but don't. Yeah, a friendly a, shark. A friendly shark. We got it, we had a big debate yeah. about uh, sharks, and um, Stephen seems to think that they are mindless killers. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you know, mindful about the mindful killers mm. actually. And the context you, it was for, I think was. it worked anyway. Yeah, that's mine. Gary, any? Um, not so much a player, more or less a former manager. I'll go with uh, Paolo as a raging bull, which is best <laughs> stayed away from if you, if you can possibly yeah, help yeah. it. Yeah. Unfortunately, we played in red and white, so yeah, had a field there. No? I, I would say that the answer is, is always a Titus. Uh, <laughs> Careful. A rhino, I would say. A rhino. Know, <laughs> needlessly fat. Sloth. <laughs> looks stupid. Yeah. Um, no one really understands how it likes to mate. <laughs> and uh, the only thing anyone ever really talks about is this enormous horn. So. <laughs> Pretty good. Off the cuff, yeah. My uh, unicorn, um, Backy Mercenek, Tom Peters. There you go, Carsten Fredgaard. Kim Heisenberg. Heiselberg. Oh, the Loch Ness yeah. Monster. Kim mm. Heiselberg, yeah. Jerry Harrison, that wasn't really his fault, though. Mm. Remember that lad? Uh, I was watching that Goals DVD the other day, and there was that lad um, who ended up going to jail. He went to Stockport County and then ended up in Chris prison. Chris Byrne. Chris Byrne. Chris Byrne. Chris Byrne. Chris Byrne. Oh, he was superb. He was on his debut, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Man City, City, wasn't it? It was the the, like first game out of the sod. He was, he was was an armed robbery or something. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, He was shot, wasn't it? Yeah, he was shot as well. He he was on a. Was it John Oster who shot him? No, no, (laughs) it was Brown. I think it was far bigger calibre than what John Oster used. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing people were surprised about was Chris Brown's that he managed to hit his target, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Tell you what as well, I noticed in that DVD. First goal, stadium like Niall Quinn scores, celebrates against Man City. Don't do that anymore, do they? Mm. Go into your own club, you don't celebrate and all that. And he was oh, just you're like, not allowed, are you? You're not allowed. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Yeah. So very true, very true. Do we have, do we so have a winner? There's no prizes, now. but do no. we have a winner or not? Um, who do you think? I'm, oh. I'm going to say... The Family Guy Monkey was my favourite. Yeah, I like the he, Matt Bate Dodo one as well, actually, for Cabral. It was quite good. Mm. No. There's no yeah. prizes. I'm not so it doesn't really matter this week because there's no prizes. But no. next week... Everyone's a winner. Yeah, next week, <laughs> Roker Streetwear are providing us with, a, with prize. a prize. So we will give you the question in due course. And if you want to go and check out their stuff on the website, feel free to do so if you're inclined yeah. to do I that. Give it, I know what the question's going to be, by the way, so I could mention it now if you want. If you want to do that, Gareth, you And can then you can that. get thinking about it, and then I'll put it on Twitter on Monday. I think people um, are going to quickly run away and go and grab the pens now. Yeah, start, yeah. Um, Nothing, just rewind it, because it's a podcast. It's not on the radio, it's fine. Um, yeah, uh, what was the question again? Well, <laughs> I've messed it up now. Yep. You've, you've sidetracked us with your rubbish banter. Um yeah, uh, if you could Not design, it's something along the lines of if you could design a, a Sunderland T-shirt, uh, maybe one that's a bit witty, a bit different. What would it be? What would it have on it? So, because we had a discussion on Twitter actually about ironic Sunderland T-shirts, about like having our worst <laughs> stuff on there. So some of those come from quite good ones in there. It'd be quite an extensive range, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that was a lot the, of choose from. Yeah. You? That was the point, I think. So yeah, so that's the that that will be some. The question will be in that ballpark. So I shall move on to the other yep. things. If yep, thanks for sticking with us through all that. And we're gonna are we gonna go straight on? Yeah, it's just we're gonna yeah we're gonna. I want to just know what people think then about the the transfers. Gary, start with you. It's it's just it's interesting what's been in the press this week because for me it sparked a bit of an overreaction now where Defanti sort of public enemy number one I was having a conversation with James Hunter a few weeks ago not on the podcast just I bumped into him having a conversation and he was saying then that he was surprised that Decanio hadn't come out and blamed this anyway because it was an obvious thing for a failed manager to do go and say okay I wasn't getting my players yet apart from Huddleston Decanio was always quite emphatic in saying in fact he was making the decisions on the transfer policy so where are we with this whole thing, it seems like a little bit of a mess at the moment. If you were let, if you were allowed to be, or people will overreact. I think what's happened is that <clears throat> Gus has came out this week and about talking to Defanti, and the, there's one line stuck in there that sort of everybody's grabbed at was a bit where if this guy comes, I'm not going to be here, and everybody's just grabbed that and sort of ran with it. And uh, 
I think that's that's every start a bit of a you know a furore again, and obviously the comments earlier by De Canio, but I mean. This is De Canio is the same guy that's saying it wasn't his fault. You know, it's, mm. it's not my. What, yeah, it was. It, 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 you were the one that was sliding on your knees when you were great, and everything was down to you because yeah. De Canio. So when it goes bad, then it's your fault. You know, mm. you're the guy. Every manager is the guy where the book stops, and we can all say did Short make mistakes? Yeah, probably. Did Defanti make mistakes? Well, you've got to say with Cabral. You know, not even getting anywhere near the team, then mm. that's got to be a mistake. A lot of that, though, you know, from reading between the lines, could be down to the players' attitude. Which, in fairness, you can't always blame the person who went and scouted them to pick to pick up on something like that. The club are certainly not gonna are gonna fill you in on those details. Well, My, Michael is 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 a lot of this down to the fact the public, you know, were kind of judging this a lot of one the back of one transfer window. Yeah. Do we need to just let this whole thing settle down a bit because we don't know first of all we don't know the discussions De Canio was having with Defunny for a start Poyet might be able to do things better work with him better well the reason that everybody's like talking about this and everyone is you know is, don't actually like it that much is because we haven't won games mm. if you win games if we were like if we were like here and we'd won and we're maybe like uh, maybe like ninth a tenth everyone would be saying that we've done really really well with it um, but whether the reason that that we have failed is 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 a really actually it's fault I don't know in my, yeah. I, I don't think that it, that, that it was personally I think that the squad which has been built has always been fairly decent mm-hmm. uh, it just hasn't been used it's all that well but I, I think that you you are right in, in you saying that we're just not going to know for a good uh, uh, like, uh, for, like absolutely ages really it's going to it'll take years I mean if you look at like half of them bought they were bought for the yep. you know for Future. the in, in next few, a few years and mm-hmm. in, in like mine so we're both praising this Gareth so it seems a bit harsh to just suddenly you know turn your back on it doesn't it um, I'm I'm, I'm Totally fine. I think it should continue. Mm. As, a, as a mean to go on, you might not. You know, I mean, managers have been the person made bad signings themselves. Exactly. Well, this is it. This is it. It's like it. again, like to use the the zonal marking, man to man marking analogy. Um, no one ever mentions it when the man to man marking doesn't go well. Everyone mentions it when the zonal marking goes well. So no one mentions it when you know, but managers who aren't working in the director of a football system make bad signings. Mm. We've had plenty of them. Kaida Glacier Liverpool. Well, <laughs> okay, look at, I mean, yeah. I mean, joking aside, I tell you what, when, when we were messing on before talking about my unicorn thing and all those players, we didn't have a director of football then. We brought no. in yeah. Heiselberg, Mercy Mech, Peters, <clears throat> Fred Gard, Nunes, <clears throat> all these players, Liz Landers, you know, there's <clears throat> the list of them, <clears throat> there's a longer list than Medina, you know, you could go on. So. It's failed. But it, other systems have failed. Like so, let's let's just give it a chance. I think it's everyone's looking for someone to blame on yeah. at the moment. And I, I, it, uh, everybody's the now. It's now yeah. everyone's moved on to the family. Everyone's going to blame him now. Everybody's grabbing onto this Huddleston thing. I don't don't think the reason that Sunderland didn't get Huddleston wasn't because Roberto Defanti's in charge. It was because Sunderland didn't offer as much money as Hull and didn't have, decided they didn't have the money and so. Whoever's in charge, if if the guy who's holding the purse strings says, no, we haven't got it, it could be director of football, it could be a manager. If the guy who's holding the purse strings says, no, you know, Mr Del Monte says no, then you, you're not going to get Huddleston. And, and it's not down to, oh, Defant, he's gone and got uh, Roberge or Dave Keaty, why didn't he go? Well, they've obviously told him no for Huddleston. That was the no, real I mean, one they that actually did actually, wanted. actually bid for him, but uh, that uh, the reason that he's here isn't because of... Uh, we wouldn't pay. He ultimately didn't want to come. Really? Well, ultimately, ultimately, that's the like reason. You wonder, don't you, with the English players as well? Um, Hull, I know it's the city of culture, but Hull's more, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> Hull's a better destination than Sunderland. Dear Lord. <laughs> well, there you go. I had a whole night out in Hull once. It was all right, actually. I've, been, ago. I've, been I've had a few. Out. I didn't want to go back after. <laughs> I, I, I used to right. actually, actually live there. So <laughs> did I did. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Mm. It was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing, it's going to put it a bed in the way, Gareth, because Poyet's come out and said, you know, he's went as far as saying two players got mentioned, I will not be the manager if one of them came. And he's 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 sort of distancing himself from any suggestions almost that he would 
be he will be lumbered with a play he doesn't want. So in a way, at least we can look forward. We we can't look forward to if things go wrong for Poyet, him to blame the system now. Well, that's sorry, one. That's one positive. Isn't it? I mean, well, that's what De- I'm saying. said he had the final say, and nobody came in unless mm. he wanted them. And then he left and said it wasn't my fault. He bought them all, and I didn't want any of them. Mm. <laughs> so you know, it doesn't it's mean just, that, it doesn't mean that Gus is not off. Fingers gonna, crossed that he's not. It's going to just blow over Gareth because you got to remember it's an international week. Bit of a slow news week, and he's been asked the question. There's just too much getting made of this now. Well, it's pretty normal, isn't it, for for people to meet up and have discussions about things when they've got the opportunity. So mm. it's logical that they'd have the meeting this week about what you transfer business. But mm. I don't think they should be looking to do a lot of business in I, January, bringing people in. I think it's it's somewhere in the middle of the two. Like Stephen says, it's, it's a quiet week. It's an international week, and that line from that line from Gus about if he comes, I won't be in. <laughs> Is a godsend, and the written media—it's—it's it's, you know—it makes your headline, it gets your back page, job done. He's done your job for you. You don't—you you only have to go and, and write it up. So, you know that was always going to happen. As soon as he came out with that line, people were going to run with it, and it, it's what sells papers. I didn't even mm-hmm. see that to be honest. So. Mm. I missed that. Yeah. It, it, it was—I think it was cleverly buried in the in the stuff that we got off our sister paper, the Sun and Echo. But uh, I think a lot of other people sort of picked it out and and ran with it. Of course, yeah. You know, so with some of the nationals, it's manna from heaven for You know, I remember being at uh, many, many moons ago at Millwall when Jason Matatias stormed up and said, uh, Dennis Wise is a cheat. He's always been a cheat. His whole family are probably cheats and everybody (laughs) knows he's a cheat. And the Sunderland press officer at the time, who shall remain nameless, said, you're not going to use that, lads, are you? (laughs) You know what I mean? And we were all sitting there going, what? But, yeah. Mm. I think um you know it's 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 a big it is a big window because we're in a situation where we've we're back at square one away we've got the the manager the new managers come in and it's that assumption isn't it that oh well we're going to the new manager will want his players and all this kind of thing and it's it's just the the worry is that they get a bit trigger happy mm-hmm. again you just can't see Poyet. I, I just see him as quite a calm influence. I, it's I, been know. surprising, hasn't it? I would certainly take me by surprise. I think everybody who I spoke to before he came in was worried that uh, Gus was sort of a diluted version of uh, of the mad Italian, shall we say? But uh, thankfully not. You know, he, he seems a lot when more. When you're accused of having a poo on somebody's floor, that doesn't well, help. Doesn't <laughs> help uh, even though he's strenuously there. denied it, we've all been there. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think it's just really, really good the way that it's it's never about him with him. He's mm. always saying it's down to this guy, it's down to that guy, yeah. it's them. It's never about him. He, he like never mentions like what he's done or what he's going to do or I'll refer to himself in the third person. Yes, yeah. That's always a worrying was, sign, that, isn't it? Yeah, but let's face it, that was fairly awesome. We all love yeah. that. <laughs> you like it I when it's know. going well for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> you it's it's alright for two weeks. He might be slightly mad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we always knew he was a bit more than slightly mad. But, but we all think it's nonsense that people are starting to suggest now that Defanti's going to have to come out and Almost explain himself. It's, it's I mean, people get he's not going to, is yeah. he? I mean, we've, we've never heard a single word from the guy. Really, or hardly a word from the guy since he took over. He's not going to. He's not going to do a joke in here, is he? And come out and start telling them how he, he's got every manager's uh, number in the world on speed dial and all that kind of nonsense. He's just going to sit in the background, do his job, and at some point, that may well further down the line, there may well be a partner the ways. But I'm guessing he'll go as quietly as he came in and. You know, everybody else can kick up a fuss, and he'll just get on with what he's doing. He'll de- he'll, he's not going to be there forever, is he? But there'll be no, somebody. No. Somebody else will come in and do his job because that's that's the system. So I'm totally fine with the system. It doesn't bother me at all. I think it's logical. Like managers, I don't think managers now have got the time to be looking for players. No. And like when you look when you look back, like the, you know the the kind of I mean, look, watch Premier Passions. You've got Bobby Saxton and uh, Peter Reid sitting with a stubby kind of Budweiser looking through Rothman's books I mean that and that was that was 15 years ago I mean, and, that, and that beat the max video of Milton Nunes yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 he was 6 foot 3 yeah. on the video he looked like a ball yeah. boy when he ran out I bet you'd rather watch the ring than yeah. that the actual <laughs> ring video mm. well <laughs> <laughs> I think we've said pretty much said all we can now for this week hopefully we're going to have a win to talk about I'll tell you what after speaking to Mark 
my, expect- yeah. <laughs> my expectations have sort of not I went up a notch. I wouldn't read yeah. too much into that. How, how many Sunderland fans, you know, they turn like, and the poor will afraid of But he's got, no reason to say, he's got no reason to sort of mislead us, I think. Um, but um, hopefully we've got some sort of positive result. As I mentioned earlier, I'm only three points away from Stoke. So a win, even though the goal difference is shockingly poor. I think I, I, fan, I fancy us. Like, mm. I think it could be one. It could. Be, it's a really important game, just for the fact that we're. we're I mean, we're back in it anyway. I mean, we're, mm. I don't believe we're ever out, ever out of it. I mean, we had plenty of fixtures left, and we needed people, that Newcastle win. Oh, we? I mean, yeah. we needed a win. I mean, mm. that it, every every game now is becoming a more important game than the last one because we're putting ourselves in a position to make it. So, so I mean, this win the game. You level with Stoke on points, you know. You you're you're right in amongst it. And, you know they've got a great chance. I mean to take three points off Stoke as well. I mean we lost out with Fulham at home, which isn't a good result, and we mm. lost to out Palace, the out yeah. of Palace. Yeah. It's, so, it's it's not just about lifting yourselves out of it, is it? It's also about dragging, dragging them back into it and <clears throat> and see how they cope with it. And yeah. you know that might just be give you the lift and then. And the kick uh, where it hurts that, that, that changes things around. Oh, well, I mean that's the thing. I mean, every, I mean, so far we've been a real sort of like story so far this season because we've been so bad and things mm. have gone you know, awfully wrong. But if we can beat Stoke, then suddenly Stoke are going to be the, the yeah. like a real story, mm. and all eyes will be on them, and the stories mm. will be on them, and the stories on us will become positive ones exactly. rather than negative. We've, we've got really switch um, things. Mark, Mark Hughes will be the kicking mm. ball. I mean, yeah. they still are, they still after him from from QPR, aren't they? And, and if he, if they get dragged back into it, then all of a sudden, the pundits and, and the press are, uh, are going to be starting to point their finger at him again, and it, you know, it t- takes a bit of the pressure off our lads and mm. that, that can only be a good thing they've got a real chance to, to put a marker down I think like Poyet and, and Sunderland as a whole they, as we a know club. how Sunderland normally reacts but, no, but, 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 that, but that's exactly what I'm talking about mm. you know he, he's come in and he's gone right Southampton I'm doing it my way it worked the one Man City at home I, I stand by the fact we dominated that first half and we did I know the possession statistics in the second half and all that kind of, and everyone was like, "Oh, yeah, I said earlier about statistics." But we, but we, you know, after I felt we we dominated that first half, and I was sitting there watching that game, and after half an hour, I, I was sitting there thinking, even if we get beaten today, I don't think we'll go down. To be honest, mm. I just I don't I think I think we're a better we're better than the teams around us yeah. with the players they've got, and if they play the way that they can, like Poyet's shown, and put put that in place, implemented his style. We'll, I think we'll definitely start nicking games rather than getting pummeled because mm. obviously playing before we were played with far too open we're getting destroyed yeah. now it's tight and like you might lose 1-1 2-1 1-0 but the likelihood is we'll, we'll probably win the same amount 1-0 2-1 I think if they can get themselves out of the out of trouble and, and, and a couple of places further up the table by Christmas and the whole outlook from yeah. from the fans from on the outside and the players on the inside and the management it's going to change dramatically and, and people are going to start believing that we might just be able to do this mm-hmm. I mean you look at the, the Stoke Swansea game the other week I mean that was a big game for Swansea because they only had 11 points mm. so I mean Stoke would have been ahead of them had they beaten them and, yeah. and Swansea would have been amongst it you're not that far I mean out of touch no it, it was a bit of a worry when it was like 4 points and 5 points and then the gap and that I think since you've clawed that back, people are starting to think we might just be able to do this. And there are lots fingers of crossed, touching wood. We, we certainly can. There are lots of bad sides in this league, mm. uh, and so I think I, 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 there isn't anything for us to uh, mm. like fear at all. Yeah, the Martin the Martin Yall approach to management uh, when he came out and said that There's, they'll stay up because. There's loads of there's about six seven teams worse. <laughs> he didn't say like we're a good team we'll get out of it. Yeah. He was just like there's worse teams than yeah. us we'll be all right. So, realism, not what I've, not what I was seeing. Not realism. Yeah. Everybody everybody craves for it, especially from managers and football. I wouldn't so. be surprised to see the bottom two is Fulham and and, oh, uh, Palace. and Palace. To be honest, do you think? I think if if uh, the new fella Steve, he can get out, he get the best out of Ben. Bring the animals out in out in them. <laughs> well, if he can get the best out, I still think mm. Ben. Benzico, Could be much like the NA because by the sounds of he's, he's a good coach, maybe not a good manager from mm. yeah, yeah. what the evidence would say. Okay, so we will get a specific position now, a prediction prediction now before we leave from everybody. Gareth, you were kind of halfway there to give us one, so 
I'm, I think we'll we'll win two nil. Really? Yeah. I'm, I think we'll you know continue the good work that we started, and I don't really. I think it's easy. You'll be easy enough to snuff out um, Stoke's threat. I don't really see. You know they've got a massive threat going forward. I'll come back to you when we're four nil down at half time, <laughs> Michael. Um, I'm going to say three one win. Yeah, go on. positive today, Gary. I'm uh, I'm with Gareth. I think two nil. Uh, I hope that hasn't put the jinx on them, and I'm no, uh, crossing everything. And, and this is unheard of. Any deity that's listen. <laughs> uh, mm. But uh, no, I think we'll win it. It's unheard of. I was going to go with one one, <laughs> sitting right on the fence. But I just, I just think one one. I just, I don't. I know you're feeling it. positive. Mm. That, that is possible. That is. That is possible. Would you take one? What? Um, yeah, I think you. I'd like you couldn't really turn your nose up, but I really could. I'd like yeah, four point. points in the next yeah. two games, personally, uh, yeah. with yeah. Chelsea and Tottenham. I mean, mm-hmm. thing is, at Tottenham as well, that's an interesting one coming up because they aren't scoring a lot of goals, so that could be a, a tight game, and that's not. It wouldn't be beyond us to nick something there. Yeah, my only fear with Tottenham is I, I keep getting the feeling that sooner or later they're going to click. They're going to click, yeah. and God knows our record. If somebody's coming, <laughs> if somebody's going <laughs> to yeah, do it, it's going to be against us. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Right, I'd like to thank my guests, Gary Foster and Michael Graham, for joining myself and Gareth in the studio. And we will be back next week. Fingers crossed, people. Over and out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.